0: Available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online.
1: And here he goes, Miles. Jack. And I'm Ryan Abraham from
0: USCFootball.com. Liner gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC. We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everybody, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site of the Scout.com Network.
1: And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the Scout.com Network, and we are the Podcast of Champions. We are talking about the Pac-12 championship game. We're going to answer a bunch of your questions today. want to make it an interactive show. Uh, It's been a really fun football season, Dave. Hope you enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun doing this.
0: Yeah, I think it's been a, a it's been a really interesting football season. You know, we've joked a few times that we picked a really weird year to do a Pac-12 podcast, considering, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoff this year. Yeah, um, but it's still been a lot of fun kind of back and forth. I think, you know, eight weeks ago, if anybody had said anyone but Utah was going to win the South, I think we all would have been a little surprised. Um, but obviously that happened. Eight weeks ago, if anybody had said you know Oregon would be looking like the best team in the Pac-12 right now, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Um, So it's been a topsy turvy year, but a lot of fun to cover.
1: It has, and uh, we want to we want to make it interactive. So we're going to keep doing the show. People have asked. We're definitely going to keep doing it. Probably only about once a week, I would guess, unless Dave has other plans. Um, (laughs) But keep you know, send us your questions if you want you know about the bowl game stuff or whatever recruiting. We'll talk about all that. I think UCLA plays like Kentucky in basketball, don't they? Today, Dave is that. I've, I've heard
0: tell that's happening. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if play is the right word. I think, uh, <laughs> something else might happen. Um, it's at 6 p.m. tonight. So tonight on Thursday, we're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. So, so sure yeah, it'll be ugly.
1: we probably won't talk a whole lot of basketball, but we might do some. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out.
0: That was about the extent of the amount of <laughs> basketball we're going to be talking
1: about. I'm impressed that I even knew that, that that was going on. Um, so you email us. So you can email us pack12podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at pac-12 podcast definitely give us a follow on twitter if you if you're on the interwebs and you like twitter we can interact with us throughout the week on at pac-12 podcast our website we changed the logo a little bit dave it looks pretty yeah. cool and uh yeah at so just go to pac-12 podcastcom up at the top of the page i think that looks nice i don't know do you like it
0: i like it a lot um i, I you know ryan went through like so much effort to get this done several iterations of the graphic and he kept emailing me for input and literally every time i said oh yeah it's great (laughs) uh and uh but we finally have a logo uh very much thanks to ryan's efforts uh but if you go to the uh website you can see it uh dot podcast.com
1: it's actually one of our listeners gary uh, like volunteered and uh he's been working he's been i mean it's been a couple months where we've been going back and forth so just like kind of on the side he's been doing stuff and uh We'll get the, the iTunes logo. That should be changed out. We'll change it on our Twitter. So we're in the process of doing all that. So thanks to Gary for that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you can also vo- send us a voicemail if you'd like. Uh, 641-715-3900. That's the number. Extension seven three four nine seven two. You can also go to iTunes.com and find us, Podcasts of Champions, Packed Up Podcast, and uh, subscribe there. That's a great way to get your you get the updates on your phone or your iPod or whatever you're using these days to uh listen to the podcast. We really appreciate everyone that's been tuning in over the past several months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh it's been a lot of fun and just watch the uh listenership or hear the list you know, watch the listenership grow. Uh has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, climbing above a million mark a few weeks ago <laughs> was pretty cool.
1: That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Seven figures. <laughs> that, joke,
0: that joke literally never will get old for me. <laughs> for everyone else out there, it's probably died a long, long, old death. But for me, it's still really funny.
1: So today we wanted to give a little preview of the uh, Pac-12 championship game between Stanford and USC. It'll be Saturday. I'll be up there um, covering the game. I know RJ, I talked to him. He's going to be up there as well. And then we we just kind of had a lot of questions left over in our email. And uh, so we kind of go through those. And It's a lot of different Pac-12 topics. I'm. Not, I think we mentioned this Tuesday. I'm not a big expert on who's going to which bowl. Um yeah. I I've seen what 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 I've seen though is I try to read some of those people that that follow it and here's the rules and here's what's going on and it seems to change daily. Like it was, oh USC's a lock to go to this bowl or UCLA's lock, and then it's changed and the next day it's a lock to a different bowl, and it's just kind of baffling to me how this changes and no one's even played a game.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are building a lot of speculation based off of BYU already being selected for the Vegas Bowl because that would seem to mean that Vegas probably got some assurance from a bowl higher up that UCLA would be selected ahead of that. So the thinking goes that UCLA is going Foster Farms because of their alumni based in the Bay Area. So that means if USC loses against Stanford, they could fall as far, potentially, as the Vegas Bowl, because Sun Bowl would be unlikely to take them back after the whole, you know, fiasco a few years ago. Um, and Holiday Bowl seems like it pretty much wants Washington State and, you know, the 30,000 people who live in Pullman to come down to San Diego for the weekend. So, <laughs> um, the way it looks like it's shaking out is if Stanford wins and makes the, Ro- and doesn't make the playoff, goes to the Rose Bowl, then it's Oregon Alamo, Washington State Holiday, UCLA Foster Farms, uh, Utah Sun Bowl, USC Vegas Bowl, and then one of ASU or Cal, or I don't know, even Arizona or whoever, uh, to the Cactus Bowl. Interesting. Yeah. That's my read on it from, uh, from reading those same people you're reading.
1: Yeah. Uh, but that's definitely changed. I think the BYU thing, Probably wasn't. Kind of threw
0: it, yeah. Threw it for a loop.
1: Right. Uh, but it, the other thing with the holiday, USC went to the holiday Bowl last year. Um, I don't, I'm not sure Washington State's going to travel all that well. They, last time they went to the Rose Bowl, they didn't travel that well, but for whatever reason, they seem kind of excited to, to travel to a big game this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it, it definitely appears that way. Um, and, you know, it'll be, it'll be really interesting, um, to see, you know, cause it's all speculation until it actually happens. And, you know, I, I still, you know, I kind of get the logic of the Foster Farm Bowl wanting a local team the day after Christmas and UCLA or USC would fit that billing. And USC is obviously going to be up at Levi this weekend for that game. So it makes sense that, you know, they maybe wouldn't want them back, but I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. You know, UCLA did not, <laughs> did not end the season on a high note. And typically, uh, you know, Bowls want a, a team with a little bit of positive momentum to generate some, eyeballs and some butts in the seats so i don't know it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on sunday
1: it will i mean i'm just curious and for us like we have to go cover these games like covering the foster farms bowl it's a game the day after christmas i was really hoping for vegas yeah
0: if you can't tell i'm still very much holding out hope for vegas right
1: so that's actually kind of good i wouldn't mind going covering the vegas bowl is great because it's like well before christmas and you can do your travel plans and all that kind of stuff and um, but the day after Christmas, that that pretty much blows.
0: Well, they're all toilet bowls after. I mean, I guess you can make an argument the Alamo Bowl is kind of cool, just because it's after New Year's and it's you know, it's it feels like kind of a bigish bowl. But after that, I mean, it's all it's all various dregs of you know bad matchups with bad Big Ten teams or Mountain West school or whatever. So I, I would just prefer it to fit on the date I want it, and December nineteenth fits what I want, so it's Vegas Bowl. <laughs> Um, and that,
1: you know, Stanford still has a shot. And like, I've, I've listened to a lot of stuff on the playoff, talked to different people, and it appears, at least to me, and maybe if you have different thoughts, Dave, if North Carolina is able to upset Clemson, which doesn't seem very likely, I don't see Florida beating Alabama because you, you can beat Alabama if you got a good quarterback. Florida does not. They have the act, the opposite of that. So I just don't see that happening. But, you know, maybe North Carolina is able to pull off the upset. Then you're kind of picking between a pool of, uh you know Ohio State um North Carolina who just beat the number 1 team or Stanford and I kind of think that Stanford would jump Ohio State in the rankings because they would have that conference champion uh feather to put in their cap and that's definitely something that helped Ohio State last year when they you know when they shellacked uh, Wisconsin they were able to jump TCU um and uh and Baylor I believe but also with North Carolina they're out of conference schedule. Yeah, they did. They did play two power five teams, but they played two FCS teams. And the the wins on their schedule, and their resume just doesn't look very good. They have one good one. It would be Clemson, the last one. Um, I kind of think a two loss Stanford team, champions of the Pac twelve, especially if they beat USC in a convincing fashion, could get in ahead of North Carolina and at Iowa State. I don't know what do you what do you feel about that.
0: I completely agree. I think all it requires really is one of. Uh, Florida beating Alabama or, uh, North Carolina beating Clemson. And I don't think it's all that far-fetched for North Carolina to beat Clemson. I mean, the spread on that game is exactly the same as Stanford USC. Uh, it's Clemson minus four and a half. So, yeah. I don't think that's far-fetched. It's in Charlotte. Um, it's in North Carolina. I'm sure there'll be a fair amount of Tar Heel fans there. Um, and you're right. I don't think North Carolina jumps into the top four because their strength of schedule has been pretty poor and they've got a really bad loss sitting on their on their schedule, uh, South Carolina in the opening game of the year. You know, if they, if they don't lose that game, then we're having an entirely different conversation right now. And Stanford probably on the outside looking in, but, um, yeah, as it stands, it's pretty simple. I think for Stanford, they need to win and then they need to root hard for North Carolina and or Florida, uh, to win as well. And if that happens, I I think Stanford would make the playoff. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a, I don't think they necessarily horrible odds of doing so.
1: No. And I think, the reason they're sweating it out is because of that Northwestern game, which you still got to shake your head and can't believe that that ever happened. Did you ever find that tweet that you... uh
0: I did. I did. I, I retweeted it from my David Woods account. Oh, okay, I'll, I, I'll find yeah. that. And, uh, the, well, uh, the tweet is, it would be the most David Shaw thing of all time to lose this game and then go 8-1 and one in conference, tweeted at 10.17 a.m. on September 5th. Not, so that's... it was only an hour and 10 minutes into that game that I tweeted that.
1: That's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, uh, I
0: thought so. <laughs> well,
1: here, we'll have to retweet that from... I'll retweet that from uh, the podcast of Champions a Twitter account so people can, can see that. You have to see that, people, because that David Woods called it way back when.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was magical. Magical awesome. moment. Well, um, But big game this weekend. Uh, number 20, USC, against number 7, Stanford, for all the marbles in the Pac-12. So you are um, talking about... USC Trojan. And Stanford Cardinal. I that- forgot about the Pac-12 Roundup. I <laughs> forgot about it, Brian. That's I okay. forgot about it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, 445 PM on Saturday at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara on ESPN, uh, number 20 USC. And I guess this is a pseudo home game for Stanford, but nothing is really a home game for Stanford. They don't get a whole lot of fan support. I imagine there will be a fair amount of support from both sides here. Uh, Stanford's favored by four and a half. Um, over under set at 58.5, which again, I think Vegas still thinks this is Stanford of old. I, I, I probably see both teams blown past that number. I think it'll be an offensive game. You know, the last, the last matchup between these two teams was what? 72 points? Yeah. So, um, and the last game between these two teams is really interesting. Um, you know, USC seemed to have control in the first half. Stanford kind of got control in the second half. Uh, but there's a big difference between that USC team and this USC team. Uh, now they have a real head coach. Um, you know, might be good, might might be, you know, just fine. But he's not Steve Sarkisian. And I think that's got to be a benefit for USC heading into this matchup.
1: Yeah, USC was up 21 to 10 in that game, but that was not a USC team that finished strong. This is definitely a team that finishes stronger. Um, you know, even they had a fourth quarter lead against, uh, uh, Notre Dame that they end up blowing. But if you watch Stanford play against Notre Dame, not a lot of defense was being played, but I think Stanford got some stops in the fourth quarter when they needed them. So that'll be interesting to see where if USC and Stanford are kind of scoring back and forth, who's able to make the big play, get a turnover, get stops. Late in the game, and that's really been the mo of this USC, te- USC team on offense. It used to be the big play; now it's really how they play in the second half and um and how they finish the game. So I think it's going to be a really completely, you know, you're going to see two really different looking teams that we saw in September. But I still think you're going to see a lot of points, like you said, Dave. It might be more than 72 that we saw in the first battle. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and you know, I think USC has actually not that they're you know trying to look like Stanford on offense completely at this point but i think they've gone more towards that you know run first model that um Stanford has you know obviously built so much on the last few years um and i i i'm going a lot off the UCLA game but they ran the ball really really well especially in that second half the offensive line i think for USC is playing a lot better at this point in the season despite all the injuries they've suffered uh than they were you know early on in the season um and i think that's that kind of keeps you in games if you've got an offensive line that's consistently opening up holes like they were able to do in the second half against UCLA. Um, and Stanford's defense is no great shakes. I mean, they're, we've talked about this all year. Um, you just said it, but I mean, they're not Stanford of old. They're not that good of a defense. Um, and Notre Dame was able to run all over them last week. And I, I don't really see much reason why USC wouldn't be able to. Um, the only thing I could see is, you know, USC, throughout this season, has been prone to the high point and then the low point the next game. You know, they had the low point against Oregon, and now they just had another high point against UCLA. What kind of, I mean, all those kind of intangible factors with having a new head coach, the turmoil from this past week, but, you know, beating UCLA, having that high moment, what are you kind of expecting from what you've seen in practice, from what you've seen to this team, from what you've heard from Hilton? In terms of that emotional component, what are you kind of expecting from USC this week? I think it's
1: a big factor, and I saw this week looked pretty much the same as the other weeks, but I'm curious to see how the players do come out and react, because they really were pining, it was Helton in 2016, there were hashtags, and they really wanted him to be named the head coach. Well, now he was, which is a weird time to do it, The you know, Monday after, you know, the season ended, and you still have five days until the championship game. Uh, I kind of get the feeling, Dave, that they'll, that it's not going to be a big setback, but I could see it be something where this is what you always wanted for Christmas. You got that red rifle or red rider rifle thing under the tree and it's all, you know, and then you shoot your eye out after that. Um, I don't know if that's a great analogy, but you, that was great.
0: That was perfect. You wanted what you,
1: you wanted this for so long. And then there's this letdown kind of afterwards. And I think there's the potential for that to happen. And maybe it's not where they start the game, but if, you know, maybe you turn the ball over a couple of times in the first quarter and you start questioning yourselves and there's not that kind of, Hey, we have to rally around and make sure Hilton gets, gets hired here. He's already hired. So maybe there's not much left in the tank. So that's going to be a big factor, Dave. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, have a negative impact, but I think there's certainly, you know, the potential of a negative impact for USC. Yeah.
0: Um It would be interesting. You know, that's, I think that's been a problem for him this year. Uh, but, you know Stanford is fresh off of what could be kind of one of those—I don't know if it's a body blow game, but a really emotional, you know, tough game against Notre Dame, won on a last-second field goal. I think that's got to play into this as well. Um, when you've got that kind of exhausting performance, that you know, and that was a huge game, um, and they've beaten this USC team already. They've—they've um, they've probably got that a little bit in their heads. Like, okay, we—we we beaten this team, and I don't know. In college football, whether that gives you an edge or not, I tend to think it doesn't because anytime you have complacence with college athletes, I think that's, whenever you have that potential for complacence in college athletes, it tends to come to fruition quite a bit. Um, and so I think Stanford could have a little bit of that, could have a little bit of a lull after that big win. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I, I, I think both teams, kind of at this point in the year, I think they're both fairly evenly matched. I think Stanford's come down off of its high point that it kind of was in at it in kind of mid-October and I think USC is playing a lot better than it was at the beginning of the year um I think this will be a really fun really competitive game um and I think with Stanford favored by four and a half I think I would take USC in the points um but I'm not sure who I have winning I, I think it's just going to be kind of a field goal game either way
1: I'm going to do the same I'm going to take USC the points but I'll, I'll... I'll actually pick USC to win this one. I'm usually wrong when I pick them, but, um, (laughs) like not as wrong as you've been, but I'll,
0: (laughs) I've, I've been right once. You've been been right right once all year. And that was the Oregon game.
1: I kind of get the feeling just because I saw a change in philosophy last week. And I think after Oregon and Vernon Adams threw six touchdowns on them and they've never had that happen in the history of the program, I kind of get the feeling Clay Helton took a little more control of the defense and said, what do we got to do, start playing man-to-man, and they did that. They played, you know, Chris Hawkins told me they played 90% man-to-man. Adore Jackson said yesterday he hasn't played that much man-to-man defense since high school, and I think that those athletes just felt much more comfortable playing defense against UCLA than they did against Oregon, where they looked confused and there was breakdowns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they made they're going to make some mistakes in man-to-man, but they also made some really big plays. And I think that'll help. Now, I think Stanford can beat you with Kevin Hogan kind of running up your back when your your back is to the quarterback because you're covering your guy man-to-man. I think that's a risk you're going to take. But if they play that kind of aggressive style where they blitz a little bit more and they try to contain them and, and, and play a lot of man-to-man, I kind of give – I think the USC defense will play better than what we saw the first time through just, just by doing that because the guys will just be much more comfortable and they'll end up making some big plays. They'll probably give up some big plays too, but they've been doing that anyway. You want to make some plays, make some, you know, force some negative plays. And I think as a man to man aggressive defense, they'll be able to do more of that.
0: I think so too. I think the, the man defense, especially on the receivers, it, it makes as much sense as it did against UCLA. UCLA had some bigger, kind of slower receivers. Stanford has kind of the same look. Um, so bodying them up using Emon Marshall in press coverage where he really excels and not, you know, kind of playing off of guys and having to, you know, play a lot of zone, which he's not quite as natural at. I think all of that stuff's going to play to USC's advantage. The big key for me is Stanford's offensive line this year has has been, especially over the last half of the year compared to UCLA's, has been a cut above that. Um, and UCLA's offensive line not really being able to block for Rosen in that game was a huge key in allowing the man coverage to be so dominant because he wasn't given enough time to even wait for somebody to beat man coverage. Um, if If USC can somehow get pressure on Hogan, and beat that offensive line more often than not. Uh, that's going to be the big key. And I think you're right. I think containing Hogan because he is—he's kind of that savvy senior quarterback, very willing to run when it's available. He's not a runner, but very willing to pick up those yards when it's available. And that can be a backbreaker, you know, when you've got a third and eight and you've you know stopped you know Stanford's running attack twice and then he's dropping back to pass and you're in man coverage and your your you know your four or five man rush isn't getting home i mean he can find a lane um so i think that's going to be a critical piece for usc in the defensive puzzle i think they're going to have a tough time stopping stanford i think they're going to yeah. limit them um a little bit but i don't think they're going to stop them completely but on the flip side i don't think stanford can stop usc completely um and you know i think ucla did a nice job against usc uh, but Stanford's defense might even be a slight little bit worse. Um, so I think USC is going to actually be able to get more consistent production offensively against Stanford. Um, and that's kind of why I think it's going to be a, a fairly high-scoring game. Um, I just don't see either of these two defenses stopping the other with a great deal of consistency in this one. It
1: might come down to Cody Kessler making some plays and trying to take advantage of some of the holes in that Stanford secondary. Like, they haven't really relied on him as much. Recently, and not just finding Juju Smith Schuster, but finding some of the other guys too. You know, they're going to be a run first team and they're going to try to run the football more. And I think they really need to get, you know, Ronald Jones, you know, break a few big plays. Maybe they use a Dory Jackson, but I think it might come down to, Hey, can Cody Kessler make that key third and long throw? Um, when, you know, things were kind of behind schedule on the first two downs and get the, get the drive moving or get the touchdown. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to step up in his last, you know, you know last game in the in the pack 12 uh as a as a starting quarterback so um so i'll take usc outright probably a slight you know just win this one by a couple points or something are you going to take usc in the points but stanford to win uh
0: yeah i'll take stanford to win by three
1: okay i wasn't trying to talk you into it i'm just saying All right.
0: yeah no I, I i've been debating it back and forth and um I I mean, USC fans should take solace in that because I've been literally wrong on every single thing. Um, But I've split the difference there now. So I could be wrong on the winner or I could be wrong on the points. Yeah. Who knows? Tough to say. Right.
1: But it's our last pick. Well, I guess we'll get to pick the bowl games too. But our last, you know.
0: It's our last real pick.
1: Our last real Pac-12. The teams we've watched a lot, you know. Um, yeah. And you know, we did a pick. All right. Cool. Well, so hopefully you guys enjoyed a little... uh preview of the championship game it's on at the same time as pretty much all the other games so uh (laughs) which makes a whole lot of sense again um i guess we should get to some questions huh
0: yeah so um i feel bad because during our live show um i didn't get to about four questions and one of the remaining ones was somebody who wanted to troll really hard and so i want to get to him right now just so he can troll really hard okay um Live podcast question for David Woods. Obviously, this isn't on the live show, and I apologize for that. Uh, my screen name is BAMF95. Uh, David, you troll and toss grenades at Ryan, and he doesn't fire back, so I will toss some back your way. So, nice little preamble. Uh, <laughs> one, how would have UCLA done with the same unjust sanctions that USC received, and do you think UCLA took advantage of that time? I don't think UCLA would have done anywhere near as well with the sanctions that USC received, first. Uh, I don't think the talent... So if it happened at the same time, I should say. I don't think the talent pool in the program at UCLA was anywhere near the level it needed to be to get through the sanctions as well as USC did, first. And then second, do you think UCLA took advantage of that time? Um, I mean, to an extent, I, it's hard to say. Um, I think hiring Jim Mora just... I think that had an effect just on its own. I don't think it was necessarily taking advantage of USC. Um, but I think there were probably a couple of recruits who went to UCLA who didn't go to USC during that time because USC only had whatever it was, 15 scholarships to give a year. So yeah, to an extent, I I mean, I, I think it would have been nice for UCLA to, you know, win a championship during that point, win a Rose bowl or go to a Rose bowl. Um, but it didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, to an extent. I don't think they took perfect advantage of it, but, uh, that's not always gonna happen. Uh, two, what did Clem do to get suspended? I don't know. Three, whatever happened in the SoSo case? I don't know. How is he not in prison? I, I don't know. Uh, if it was any of us that did that, we would have been, but in jail at least and probably prison. I, I don't know how you know what happened. Uh, four, do you feel that Ishmael Adams' suspension was enough? Uh, sure. Five, there have been a lot of UCLA <laughs> players either leave the program and or try, try and enter the draft early. Uh, that's not a question, but it's got a question mark at the end. Anyway, <laughs> he, he finishes up with fight on. So there you go. Nice. Uh, there you go, James. Um, we've got more. Do you have any Twitter questions you want to get to?
1: Uh, I haven't looked, so why don't we do another? I'll I'll look through our Twitter feed and see what's uh going on there.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go through here.
1: That, that means I wasn't ready either. So sorry. No, that's fine. Uh... We have there was a lot of stuff about Sonny Dykes. Um, maybe we could talk about that. Some tweets about. So and so, Rich Rod and Sonny Dykes are two coaches that appear to be interviewing different places. I think Sonny Dykes was uh, I believe it was Missouri. Was it Missouri and Virginia? And Rich Rod, apparently, we, they talked about Virginia Tech before, but that obviously didn't happen with Justin Fuente getting hired. But Bruce Feldman, uh, broke a little news that he said Rich Rod was going to meet with South Carolina. So a yeah. couple of Pac-12 coaches have been. That's desperation
0: to get out of Tucson right there. I mean, he must, he must be so upset after this year.
1: And if you remember, he was going to be, uh, he was offered the Alabama job before Nick Saban got it. Yeah. And he was at West Virginia. Um, I kind of thought Richard would stick around longer there. For whatever reason, Sonny Dykes does not seem to want to stick around at Cal either. Um, and Jeff Tedford just resigned. So Jeff Ted-
0: Tedford could be in play if Sonny Dykes ends up going somewhere else. That would be interesting. Get Jet, JT2 up at, uh, up at Cal. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I, I think Dykes, it makes sense because he's losing golf. Um, and so, you know, this is probably peak Dykes at Cal. And it wasn't a very good year, so if he's still got some marketability, why not leave? Um and I don't think Cal fans will be crying about that. I think um not having to throw a huge extension at Dykes right now, given their financial situation up there, would be great. Um and then for Richrod in Arizona, I mean I don't I don't mind that fit for for Richrod. I think it fits him personality wise. Um I just think he's probably Really disappointed with this year considering, you know, they won the South last year and this year they finished, what, fifth in the in the South?
1: And 10th in the power rankings. He can't be happy about that.
0: No, and I think that's more significant probably. <laughs> I think anytime you're in the bottom half of the rankings to end the year, you're probably a little dissatisfied with uh, your lot in life. So
1: Jason Shear uh. tweeted out just while we're recording this. He said, I can say with confidence, this isn't a move that was discussed with his assistants. If the interview happens, it's on Rodriguez. So kind of implying there that it's not he it's not like he told his assistants, hey, I'm going to go take an interview. Um He said he also tweeted he gave no indication of anything to recruits today, all Arizona. So maybe mm-hmm. he's taking that meeting, like Bruce said, he probably is. I trust what Bruce is saying. But it's it doesn't sound like he's been talking with it, with his talking about it, with
0: his assistants at all. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. We've got more questions. Um, another kind of trolley one, but this is from our friend Andrew. Uh, Apple Cup guys, this is Andrew checking in after the Apple Cup. Booyah! As esteemed <laughs> graduates of the third and fifth best schools in the Pac-12 conference, surely you will both understand this inequality. Sagarin predictor plus FEI plus S&P plus ESPN FPI plus Las Vegas UW was favored by six points. Why? All because of loop Falk. Greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than. All the greater than sign. A uh, podcast of champions, power rankings, plus college football playoff rankings. Uh Insert Luke Falk turnover luck excuses here. Seriously, snarky trolling aside, you guys do a good job. I look forward to the show each week, but you could do a better job if you pay closer attention to some of the quality, advanced metrics out there, and be more progressive and more disciplined in how you evaluate teams. What, All what, right, Andrew.
1: What, what, that was Andrew?
0: That was our boy Andrew. Hey
1: Andrew, the reason that Washington won that game was all luck. It was, that's basically it was, what it was all
0: it was all turnover luck and yeah. Luke Falk injury.
1: Exactly. If if Luke Falk didn't gets injured and they, you know, that was just, I think
0: Washington State wins that by seven touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I I believe I feel the same way.
0: Forty nine that, points. Uh, <laughs> no, good stuff from Andrew. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. As much as we hype up our rankings, um, we don't spend more than about forty five seconds compiling them. I know, I know. I'm taking you behind the curtain here, but that's that's where it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we get into the uh, the emails from all the USC fans trolling me hard. All right. Um, UCLA David fans Woods, or USC fans? USC fans. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, David Woods, you were right. This is from Earl in West LA. <laughs> David Woods, you were right. Josh Rosen would lead UCLA to a Pac-12 title. USC is soft. You took UCLA to win. Woods is always right in a wrong way. I've learned my lesson. Whatever you say, do the opposite. David, help me with two more picks. Will USC beat Stanford for the third time in the last three years? Also, I am wagering you'll be over 40 when US- when UCLA wins a Rose Bowl again. Ten years is a long time. Do you think you will be over 40 or under 40 when it happens again? Oh, man. Uh, over 40 or under 40 when UCLA wins a Rose Bowl again or goes to a Rose Bowl again? Goes to, I'm gonna say under 40. Wins, I'm gonna say under 40. Might be optimistic. It might be. I mean, it's been, since the last win, I think it's been almost 20 years. So, no, it's been more than that. It's been since 86. (laughs) So it's been, it's been 29 years. It's been almost as long as since I've been alive. Um.
1: So before you retire, it should happen.
0: Before I retire (laughs) from my current position, UCLA will win a Rose Bowl again. Um and then will USC beat Stanford for the third time in the last 3 years? I didn't pick them to, so they probably will.
1: And I you know, to be fair, they, you know, I picked USC to lose It's not that we're saying that's what we want or whatever. that's just we watch a lot of games and it didn't look like especially the way USC came off the game against Oregon, it did not look like they were playing very well. And of course, like we just said, they completely changed their defensive philosophy and they they let their athletes play and it was like, oh, that's a better team when they do that. They really played more of yeah. the potential. Um, I mean
0: sure, and you know, I was basing it off of obviously the way UCLA came into that game the last three years. Um and they didn't come into it that way. USC came into the game a lot more, I thought, amped up than they did in previous you know, we talked yeah, about this yeah, in the previous show. Makes sense. Anyway, all right, so another one. Eat some crow, Dave. Uh this is from Al in Santa Clarita. Yeah. Dave Rough. In your yeah, this is great. I mean, it's just going to be a long list of these. Um, in your preview for UCLA versus USC, you suggested that not only would UCLA blow out USC, but you went as far to suggest that USC would only even have a chance if they played up to their potential, as in only a perfect game would give them a shot. I I, I think that might be strongly stating what I put in my preview, but okay. Uh, time to eat some crow, because not only was USC the much tougher team, they were clearly the more talented and better coached team. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think on that day, especially, they were. Um, the fact is, USC had played a much tougher schedule than UCLA. Eh, maybe I don't know. I guess Notre Dame and the non-conference is tougher than anything UCLA did. So, okay, but, yeah, fine. Virginia
1: and BYU were better than than the other games that USC played. Yeah, so.
0: I, but you know, having Oregon, I, I think, okay, fine. We'll we'll go with we'll go with tougher. I don't know about much tougher. Uh, and had also performed much better against common opponents mainly Stanford, ASU and Utah. Uh okay. The notion that they were going to win the game, much less blow out USC was pure myopic fantasy. I mean, That's... Al, did you watch the game the the previous two years? Myopic fantasy. That's incredible. Um how do you like your crow? grilled, fried or cajun style? I mean, probably grilled. I don't know how. How do you think crow would taste? Uh I might go Cajun. You probably want, yeah. You'd want to spice that up because it probably doesn't taste very good. Oh, then you're go, yeah, yeah, definitely Cajun style. Okay. And then he finishes off with bon appetit. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I, I don't think
1: it's fantasy to think that you know UCLA was coming off a win over Utah. USC was coming off a shellacking by Oregon. I just don't think now USC was favored by a field goal or whatever. That's fine, but I, I don't think it's it's some blasphemy thing that you just, I can't believe that you didn't see it happening. Plenty of USC fans didn't see it happening either. There's history there. It just, it you know, it, it didn't go the way a lot of people thought. But, you know, a lot of USC fans were like, hey, we're, USC's going to win. That's fine. But don't get yeah. mad at people that didn't see it that way because you were kind of in the minority before the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Um, rivalry game rankings. Uh This is from Jeremy. Hey, Dave and Ryan. Uh, the Pac-12 posted a poll on Facebook asking which Pac-12 rivalry is most heated. As of last Wednesday, the results were as follows. 1. UCLA-USC, 24%. Uh, 2. Oregon-Oregon State, 24%. 3. Arizona-Arizona State, 23%. 4. Washington-Washington State, 20%. 5. Cal-Stanford, 5%. And 6. Colorado-Utah, 4%. Uh, I know I am biased, but I don't believe Cal-Stanford should be ranked 5th. Th- these results likely represent the par- that participation in the Pac-12 Facebook page, but I would like to know what would your ranking be for Pac-12 rivalry games? Uh, I think we, we did this last week, but we can do it again real quick. Uh, lastly, if I remember correctly, you both said ASU will beat Cal outright. I can't remember if you ended up just going with the spread or not, but the Bears pulled through. First half Cal and second half Cal are two completely different teams. It was a great last game of sitting in the student section. I wish we could have seen more second half Cal throughout the season. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks. Um, what did we, what did we kind of settle on for our, our rivalry list?
1: Well, the Arizona State thing—I think we just—I don't remember—I didn't write down outright. I think we just took Arizona State plus the points because we got four I points. I took
0: ASU to beat Cal outright. I know I—I might have said that. I don't know if you wrote it down. Okay, uh, I might have missed that. All right. Yeah, but in any case, yeah, I think I think uh that one went interestingly. Um So who? Do, I think I said the Pacific Northwest rivalries were probably the most heated. I kind of like um, that.
1: Yeah, the Civil War is pretty, and and both of them. I think both of them are are pretty. Nasty, you know. And there's unique aspects. It's hard to compare them, like which one's better or whatever, because the LA one is just very unique because you're in the same dang city, you know. Yeah. Um, or you know, Oregon, Oregon State, similar. I mean, they're not too far apart as far as that goes. I think we agree that you know the Utah, Colorado ones last, but it shouldn't yeah. be one percentage point above Cal, Stanford either. It should be you know way below that.
0: Yeah, I think Cal Stanford is right in the mix with Arizona, ASU, and UCLA, USC. I think UCLA, USC is better. It's probably a little bit more heated just because of proximity. Um, but I think Arizona, ASU, Cal Stanford are right below that. And I, I think all all five of those are pretty good rivalries. I think if you're going to look for a limiting factor in the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest ones, it's Oregon and Washington are really the rivals up there. I mean, Oregon, Oregon State is a big deal, and Washington, Washington State is a big deal. But Oregon-Washington is the real competitive, like, they kind of hate each other rivalry. Yeah. Um, so, but those people, we said this on the live show, those people are crazy about sports up there. They're all soccer fans, too. It's nuts. Right. So,
1: What's anyway. good about, I mean, you compare the SEC rivalries to the Pac-12, the nice thing is the geographic rivalries where you have, of the, you know, five pairs of, you know, they have a six pair, but it's just that's kind of more of a manufactured one. But five pairs of real territorial rivals that it's just very unique. It's hard to do that. You can't do that really anywhere else. The, the SEC, it's like you have Auburn, Alabama, but there's like, was it, you know, Tennessee and who, you know, it's just not, it's kind of this weird thing where there's not this natural geographic rivalry. So that's one of the unique aspects. So I, I love the comparisons between all of them, but I, I think they're all, you know, really close and really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh right, we've got a rundown from our boy, Nick. You ready? Oh, okay. Rundown and questions. Hello, this is Nick from Cyprus. First off, UCLA is soft as Charmin tissue. Shout out to David the Pansy Woods. Next, rundown. OSU 42 versus Oregon 52. Close game, Oregon wins. OSU last place, no surprise. Washington State 10 versus UW 45. No falks so U- UW wins. See, Andrew? It's no falk. <laughs> UW wins. Uh, Washington State would have won if they had Falk. Bowl eligible UW. Notre Dame 36 versus Stanford 38. Big win by Stanford. Maybe Final Four appearance if they played UCLA. Oh, wait, no UCLA next week, LOL. Fight on, big time spoiler. Uh, Colorado 14 versus Utah 20. Colorado can't finish again. Utah 9 wins. Very respectable year. ASU 46 versus Cal 48. Big win for Cal to finish the year. ASU lost but still bull bound. I guess this is ASU's best team under their coach, LOL. Now can we start with a fight on? Ryan, never second-guess your team, please. UCLA 21 versus USC 40. Who's soft? How great is Jim Mora? Who won the Pac-12 South? Oh, wait, USC did. USC owns LA, the South, etc. The Chosen One with three turnovers. Sua shut down Duarte. Ajax punt return touchdown. Rasheed Green, uh defensive TD. Biggie owned Rosen two picks. What can I say? It's great to be a Trojan. Sad day for those panties in canary yellow and pansy blue. Fight on! Now to the questions. Wow, Nick, you gotta act
1: like you've been in the end zone before. You don't yeah, be call people. man, it's... you don't call people pansies and stuff. You know that's not nice. You, you won. You know you'd be happy. Be happy about the win.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's important. You know, after <laughs> after three years, three straight defeats, you don't want to get excited. I yeah. get it. Um, all right, who wins USC versus Stanford? He says USC, Ryan, he hopes you agree. You do. I did you I do. did
1: pick him this time, you know?
0: All right. And then he's got um interesting questions we probably should have talked about already. Uh who do we think is the coach of the year in the Pac twelve? It was named Mike Leach, co coach with I think David Shaw. Yeah. I, I thought Kyle Whittingham should have gotten much more consideration than he did.
1: Yeah, I could see him in there. Um the Shaw thing is interesting because they what they lose four? Game, were they eight and four last year? Am I? Am I? Am I, I don't know
0: if they're just basing it off of Pac-12 games. That's what I don't know. Because if you're basing it off of non-conference too, I don't know how either Leach or Shaw would have been in the conversation because they both lost. uh Yeah, they both lost pretty, you know, not great non-conference games. Portland State, pretty terrible.
1: Um, but I think it was really more of the turnaround because Washington State was three and nine. I think Stanford was eight and four. I have to go back and take a look. No,
0: Stanford was, um, I think they finished eight and five. They were six and five going into the UCLA game last year. Okay. Oh, and then they
1: they made a run at the end
0: there. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm cool with Shaw just because of what he's able to do, um, and turn things around. It just didn't look like they were going to be that kind of team again. I mean, I don't know. Hell, I mean, You want to talk about Helfridge? They're, they're playing as good as anybody right now. And, you know, he had to survive like the not having a quarterback for a month or so. Um, but I'm, I'm cool with Shara Leach. What do you think?
0: I thought Whittingham should have been more in it. Um, that team's, I mean, as it kind of showed once they suffered a few injuries at the end of the year, pretty under talented and Travis Wilson's not much more than an average pack 12 quarterback and to win nine games, go nine and three. Yeah um with that team i thought that was i thought that was more impressive than anything leach or uh shot did this year and but,
1: he got him up to number three in the country at one point they just yeah because they didn't finish all that strong you know they're, they're they had a lot of success early and then it kind of peter you know petered out towards the end maybe that's why it wasn't get as much consideration
0: yeah of all those pac-12 coaches they're what have you done for me lately um <laughs> all right offensive player of the year he says christian mccaffrey i do not disagree
1: yeah he's yeah, you know, I think he'll go to New York for the Heisman, so he's gonna be on my ballot. I'm not allowed to tell you who I'm voting
0: for, but he'll be on my ballot. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh Defensive Player of the Year, he says co defensive players of the year for him between Sua Cravens and Kenny Clark. I I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I I like both players quite a bit. I think you've got to talk to Forrest Buckner, too. He was is- been a beast especially late in the season yeah um i think those guys are should all be in the conversation i doubt i doubt kenny clark would get much consideration because nose tackles generally don't get a whole lot of hype um but yeah i think those would all be fair i think those three players have been pretty big this year um special teams player of the year what do you got he's got ajax
1: yeah uh, I mean, I, I would have to go back and look. I don't know. I haven't looked at all the difference that, like, Victor Bolden, like, I think he's had some touchdowns. I know Dory Jackson scored touchdowns the last two games. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, I'd have to look and
0: see. I didn't, I didn't really prepare for this, but. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I have no, no idea. I know, I know. I mean, Adore Christian makes... McCaffrey
1: could get it too. I mean, he's had a whole bunch of I, returns. I
0: would probably give it to McCaffrey. Um, I, uh, Dory, it's kind of boomer bust. He makes some really peculiar decisions on taking some balls out of the end zone sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, fielding so, punts
1: when uh, he shouldn't. Like, he's, he's definitely, it's not just, yeah, he's got some really good, um, you know, big plays, but there's been some really kind of boneheaded plays too.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I'd probably go McCaffrey just because he's a little bit more dependable, but I'm fine with whatever. He probably and got then, I think he has
1: more touchdowns too than Jackson. I'd have, I'd have to take a look, but.
0: Yeah. And then freshman player of the year, he of course has, uh, Ronald Jones or Biggie Marshall. I think I've gotta go Josh Rosen playing the most important position on the field.
1: Me too. Just the quarterback and he started the whole year and, uh, you know, eight wins. It's, uh, it's something, you know.
0: It's something. It's certainly something. All right. So that was our boy Nick. Um, okay. All right. We've got another trolling one. You ready? Sure. All right. Oh, David Woods, USC, UCLA question. This is from SC Made. Hi Ryan and David. I have a few questions for David. Uh, first, how good did USC's run game look to you? Pretty good in the second half. Uh, how good did USC's run pass defense look to you? Um, run and pass defense. I thought I, I thought mostly the pass defense looked really good. I thought the man coverage really helped um, and the pass rush they were able to get on Rosen to kind of force him into some quick. Rows and some hurried decisions uh, really looked good. Um, is the Bruin revolution over? I, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um I mean, it's like a marketing ploy. I don't know. Was there ever a revolution? What is a revolution? A revolution is just going in a circle. I don't know. Um, <laughs> regarding UCLA perception and the lack to win anything relevant the last few years, what happens if USC beats Stanford and wins the Pac 12 with an interim head coach? Um, I mean, I think that would, I mean, I, I think it helps USC, um, obviously to go to a comp, conf- I mean, that's something to really validate Clay Helton, I think. If they can, I mean, you, you can probably speak to this too, but if they win a, win the conference with an interim head coach, which I think is a first, I don't think that's ever happened in the conference before, and go to a Rose Bowl, and, you know, I think they'll probably, I would imagine they'll be favored over an Iowa uh and somehow win a Rose Bowl. I I think that would do do a good deal for validating Helton's the beginning of his tenure at uh at USC. I don't know how much it affects UCLA. It's kind of the flip side of what we were talking about last week. Would a UCLA win over USC really affect things all that much? And no, not really. Um I think the more important thing for UCLA is you know getting the 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 sell job right with all these recruits on you know playing time you can come in and play early and you know all this kind of thing you know all the stuff that goes into relationship building with recruiting um but i don't think the result of any real of any one game really matters all that much
1: yeah no i think this would actually be the first time that uh, a midseason coaching sir coaching change if they win the game on saturday it'll be the first time a team that had a midseason coaching change would have won their conference championship so it's very kind of rare, you know, that something like that would happen. And, you know, they're within four and a half points or whatever of being able to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. I don't think it impacts the recruiting aspect all that much. I mean, I I, I don't think either way, like if who would have won the game last Saturday, like we talked about, you know, maybe it you get Mike Juarez's attention a little bit more if you win or lose. I mean, but there's like really specific guys, not like, Oh, everyone's going to switch sides, or they, it just doesn't have that big of an impact. Um It's got, you know, but it would be. I, I think if you're a UCLA fan and you're like, "Man, USA had all this weird stuff going on, and somehow they still went, and if they go to the Rose Bowl, how is that possible?" It's like my buddies that are like Cubs fans and like the Florida Marlins would go win a, a, a World Series, and they've been waiting for a century for something like that to happen. I guess. I mean, it's just it's kind of weird. Like it's just they. It kind of fell. I'm not gonna say it fell into their lap the opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl, but. Really a lot of weird things happened and the odds of them even playing for a chance to go to Rose Bowl have to be, you know, really stacked against them. But it worked out and that, you know, they'll have a shot. So I don't know if that's a good analogy, but
0: <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go, Jeff. And then he said, we love the podcast and all the work you both put into this. Fight on David and have a great day. You know, I don't, I, I honestly don't mind trolling. I kind of like it. It's I mean, fun. It's, I well, yeah, it adds to the fun of uh, college football. We did
1: have a – it didn't look like we have, like, Twitter questions lately, but we had a, a tweet from Christian, our buddy Christian Lim. and I was tweeted... just
0: getting ready to read a long email from
1: Christian. Oh, well, I, it's a real quick thing. He just said I, – I tweeted out when Nick Mitchell was transferring out of Oregon State. Um, I tweeted that out from our Podcast of Champions account, our, at Pac-12 podcast, and he said they made him throw left one too many times. So maybe that was the issue. <laughs> I'm not sure. So
0: good. So good. All right, from Christian again. Uh Ryan and Dave, as astonishing as it was for me to go 6-0 in my picks for Week 12, I went an equally astonishing over 6 for my picks for Week 13. This is why I don't bet on sports. I have a few questions for both of you. First, for Ryan, did you agree with your colleague Dan Weber's article, which stated that the UCLA-USC rivalry is not a great rivalry? The article proceeded to say that the Territorial Cup, Apple Cup, and Civil War aren't great rivalry matchups either. Weber did throw a bone at the big game by saying it was once a great rivalry. Articles like this are a prime example of why USC has a reputation of arrogance and snobbery by being dismissive of other programs. Do you agree with his take?
1: Um, not necessarily. No, Uh, I didn't actually, I didn't, I don't even think I got through the whole thing because it was kind of a crazy day, (laughs) to be honest. So I'd have to go back and read it. I know it was on my own site. Um, but I, yeah, I saw that, but I, I thought he was not saying that it wasn't he wasn't saying like USC, UCLA is great and, Oregon, Oregon State isn't right. It was more like the, he was kind of knocking them all down, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I mean, I, I'd love to pretend like I know what happened, but I I, don't, I did not. I, so
1: I do apologize for that. That's a little behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> yeah. we put up a lot of stuff. I can't read it all. Like, just... <laughs> no, no. I, I,
0: if you tried to read it all, you'd be, you know, one of these people reading our message boards. Um, all right, and then second for both Ryan and Dave, who are your Pac-12 award winners for 2015? For what it's worth, my selections would be. All right, we already did ours, but his are Offensive Player of the Year, Vernon Adams. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, DeForest Buckner. Freshman Offensive Player of the Year, Josh Rosen. Freshman Defensive Player of the Year, Cameron Smith. Scholar Athlete of the Year, Jake Brendel, a UCLA center. Um, and Coach of the Year, uh, David Shaw. He said Mike Leach and Chris Peterson exceeded expectations. Mark Helfrick righted the ship that was on its way to support sinking and had the best conference win of the season at Stanford. Uh, but I went with Shaw here for clearly being the best team in the Pac-12 this season, exceeding preseason expectations, and for having the best win out of any team in the conference this year by beating Notre Dame. Lastly, will you guys be doing podcasts in January? Um I'm sure USCfootball.com and bro subscribers will be clinging on to every word you say leading up to National Signing Day. Thanks again, Christian Lim. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to do at least one a week, um and I imagine heading into Signing Day we'll probably try to do a couple, um, just because that's a fun time and Football.
1: That's kind of how we started this, really, because we did that video together, like, before signing day, talking about I, recruiting. So it's kind of, I, like, I guess that
0: was the precursor to this. Maybe we need to do another video. That would be magic. Ooh. We yeah, um, I, I, think people keep forgetting that Utah's in the Pac-12. That's my only explanation for Kyle Whittingham getting no love here.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, I love that you're, you know, you're on that bandwagon. You, you want Kyle. And I, I get it, you know, I just, I guess people have that, cause it, lately, he hasn't looked as good. And uh, maybe that's it.
0: I don't know. All right. Another trolling tweet. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Uh, this is from Ron in Utah. Dave's trend for picking USC games continues. Thank you for picking the Bruins last week. Please pick Stanford this week. Fight on, Ron. Your wish is my command. <laughs> um, I and should, then we've got... Yeah,
1: I, should, I feel more confident now that you did pick Stanford. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah.
0: I, I think you should.
1: In my pick. Uh, okay.
0: All right, this is from uh, Zach from NYC, and this is from his wife's email account. Uh, hey, Ryan and Dave. First off, congrats to USC on a well-deserved win. They thoroughly outplayed and outcoached my Bruins. My wife and I flew out for the game with the intention of staying in LA and heading up north for the Pac-12 championship uh, game, but after the result, I basically gave my wife the credit card and said, pick a place to spend the next week where I can try to forget about another squandered opportunity for my beloved Bruins, and now <laughs> I find myself on a beach in Asia Still thinking about Justin Davis and a fourth-string center imposing their will on <laughs> UCLA's defense. Here's my question. <laughs> That's awesome, though, by the way. I mean, you won. <laughs> Whatever you think about the game, you won. Yeah. You won. You're on a beach in Asia. Just enjoy it. Uh, the last few years, it seemed UCLA came out firing for this game. This year, it appeared that USC was the more motivated of the two sides. Is there any way that UCLA was really overconfident heading into this game? You know, it's kind of what we talked about with just when we were previewing the Stanford-USC game. I think... Whenever you've had some success against a team, some complacence naturally sets in. So I wouldn't be shocked if UCLA wasn't quite as up for this game as they have been the last three years. Now, I'm, I'm sure they were still up for it. I don't think that, I don't think that motivation was a lack of a factor here, or a lack of motivation was a factor here. But I think if you were, you know, probably weighing the, the emotional impact of the game for both teams, USC was playing first, I think, in large part, you know, to win for the first time in four years over UCLA, but also to win for their, you know, for their head coach to potentially get the job. So I think that played into it for USC and UCLA, you know, it's the rivalry game, but they've had, you know, three straight wins in it. And, you know, that motivation thing that's so big in college football can wax and wane. And I wouldn't be shocked if this was a low point relative to the other three games under Mora in this rivalry. So... That's my take on it. What's yours?
1: No, I agree. I think um I, I I it wasn't like USC came out with so much more enthusiasm than UCLA. I thought both teams actually came out pretty fired up. The issue was the last three years, UCLA was fired up and USC just didn't seem like they were. It didn't even yeah. seem like they showed up for a while. So both teams and UCLA was winning at first and it kinda of went back and forth. But this this USC team has been more of a second half team since Clay Helton took over and they kind of imposed their will a little bit in the, in the second half. So I think that was a difference. But I, I don't think – I mean, there might have been some, like Dave said, maybe some sort of uh, complacency because, you know, you beat this team three years in a row. But I didn't feel like UCLA came out and wasn't fired up. But, you know, it, it it just the discrepancy between how fired up UCLA was and USC wasn't as big. It was It was very similar this year, I felt. In the last three years, it was UCLA by a mile.
0: Yeah, I thought it was I, – I, that's probably a better way of putting it than I've said it. Um, I think both teams were pretty amped up this year as opposed to just kind of one team bringing it the last three years or bringing it to a much greater extent. Um, all right, next up, bowl game placement. Uh Gentlemen, first of all, let me say great job on the podcast, guys. Uh For my question, I've always been curious, how does bowl game placement in Pac-12 happen? Obviously, Pac-12 champion goes to the Rose Bowl. However, are other bowls, uh, are other bowls allowed to take whoever they want, or do they have to take whoever, who is ever in the sixth spot goes to Las Vegas, whoever's in the fourth spot? Uh, is there lobbying behind the scenes to get into a higher bowl? Are the rules to this, or is it just like the Wild West, and is it the same for every conference? So I'll start at the back. It's not the same for every conference. The uh, the Pac-12, the affiliated bowls, um, it's weird. So the Pac-12 champion, if they are not in the playoff, is, guaranteed to go to the Rose Bowl as long as the Rose Bowl, I think, isn't a playoff bowl that year. So that's the first one. If the Pac-12 champion does go to the playoff, then the Rose Bowl has its pick of the remaining bowl-eligible Pac-12 teams. And I think, in theory, they can select whatever they want. Um, But for the most part, they're going to pick the best other Pac-12 team. So that's the Rose Bowl. After that, the next three bowls, Alamo, Holiday, and Foster Farms, can drop down a level to pick whatever eligible team they want. So if they've got, you know, say seven and two Oregon available and then six and three, um, USC, six and three Utah, six and three Washington State, all three of those bowls could pick the six and three team over the seven and two team. They couldn't pick a five and four team though over seven and two. So those three next bowls, Alamo, Holiday, and Foster Farms can do that. After that though, they have to pick an order. So Sun Bowl, If it only has, if all the six and three teams are taken and there's only one five and four team, they have to take the five and four team. Vegas is the same deal. Cactus is the same deal. For other conferences, it works in wild different ways. And I am sure there is some level of negotiation between the Bulls, um, to find some favorable matchups. Um, I think that might have gone on this year with Foster Farms electing to take UCLA so that Vegas wouldn't have to have a rematch between UCLA and BYU. Um, but I don't know to what extent that happens.
1: So. That's a great explanation there. I like that.
0: I know. I've, I've been, again, I've spent a lot of my time, altogether too much time in the last few days, trying to find out a way that UCLA could end up in Vegas. And I, that has, that has involved looking up all these rules. So as of now, you feel UCLA is foster farms bound?
1: Yeah. Okay. And likely USC is Vegas bound?
0: Yep. So I, I, Though I, I win now. USC, one. USC I, could happen. USC's kind of still up in the air. Cause they could go anywhere from Rose to, it doesn't look like they'd go to Alamo even if they, if they lost because they, they're probably pretty far down the road with Oregon. But it could be Holiday. Could be Sun Bowl, I guess, if they got over the Link Kevin thing, or it could be Vegas. Yeah. So they're still up in the air, but UCLA seems kind of set on foster farms.
1: I think the, the Sun Bowl, I wouldn't mind. This is all just personal, like, How am I gonna get there? And how's that gonna happen? Like I go down to San Antonio for the Army Bowl. So that might not be bad if it's about the same time, right? Like
0: Uh you would be the twenty sixth for the Sun Bowl, and then the Army Bowl stuff doesn't start until well, you could be there for practices, which start on like the twenty seventh or the twenty eighth.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, crap. But that's okay. I'm thinking the Alamo Bowl. I'm sorry. The Alamo Bowl is in San Antonio, so I'm completely Yeah, and I don't
0: think USC has much of a shot at the Alamo Bowl. It sounds like they I don't know. Maybe this is just speculation. It sounds like they've pretty much won Oregon. Yeah. All right. Um, we got one more question. Cool. All right. This is uh, from Tony. Uh, coaches. Hey, guys. So after the UCLA game, I came across some tweets from UCLA fans calling for Jim Mora's head in an article that was titled, Jim Mora's Bruin Revolution is over. As a USC fan, I would like to see Mora go away, but I also like the fact that Mora has made UCLA a relevant team in the Pac-12 again and that the game means something more than just a city championship like it did this weekend. The broadcast commentators mentioned time after time how UCLA had a bunch of injuries and ignored the fact that USC did also. There were also excuses about Rosen being a freshman. The last time I checked, Barkley beat UCLA when he was a freshman. What are your thoughts on the coaching situation at in Westwood? Dave, what is your take on the hiring of Clay Hilton from a UCLA perspective? Thank you, guys, and fight on. Um, the coaching situation in Westwood, I mean, I, you know, I think obviously there's some frustration from UCLA fans because UCLA went 8-4 and four this year after going 9-3 and three for three straight years. Um, so I think, you know, there's that obvious step back in the win column. Um, I think when you take into account the whole year, uh, UCLA's injuries, USC definitely had some injuries of its own. I don't want to discount that. UCLA's injuries were of the kind of star player variety, um, especially to start the year. They lost Eddie Vanderdose in the first game of the year, Miles Jack in the third game of the year, and Fabian Moreau in the third game of the year. Um, and that's probably the best player from every level of the defense that they lost. And it took them till game nine or 10 to really have some real answers at linebacker with Miles Jack gone. So I, I think that played into it. And I think, you know, if you if you give them Miles Jack and Eddie Vanderdos against, you know, ASU or against, uh, Washington State, I think they might win one or two of those games. And I think USC is a different game. Uh, but injuries happen. Um, I think the coaching perspective, there have been some questions about specifics, like the offensive play calling for UCLA has been kind of a question mark. Uh, this year in specific, but also kind of throughout the last two or three years, especially. Um, and I think that's something that concerns a lot of fans. I think, you know, all the Bruin revolution is over, the whole thing, UCLA is on a downturn. I think that's all overblown. I think it's just, you know, fans upset after the end of a year, which I think happens to pretty much everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think there's huge issues from a coaching perspective at UCLA. I think. Rosen was a freshman this year. I think he had one freshman game against USC where they lost. He had two freshman games in total. BYU, they managed to win, even though he threw three picks in that one. USC, they lost because I think USC is a better team than BYU. Um, when Barkley beat UCLA as a freshman, I, I'm trying to remember, I think that UCLA team ended up either four and eight or seven and six, but it wasn't a good UCLA team by any stretch of the imagination. So it's kind of, kind of apples to oranges i think if you're looking at it statistically rosen had a significantly better year than barkley did as a true freshman um and then take on hiring of helton we talked about this um on tuesday i think it might be an okay hire i i i've liked what i've seen from clay helton as a head coach i just think the timing was weird i mean i think you could have waited uh till you could have waited till january made that hire i mean there's where's Clay Helton going? I mean, is he really going to go to Memphis when there's still a chance, a real chance he might go to the U S he might get the USC head coaching job. I, I doubt it. I think he would have uh, stuck around and see what happened.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent on that. Um, as far as, you know, we we've, we've talked about that before injury wise. I, I agree too. I mean, UCLA had star player injuries. I guess what the, the, what hurt USC was kind of the deep injuries where you lost like two middle linebackers in the same, like the, the starting middle linebacker and his backup in the same day, you know, in the team's leading tackler. Um, and then at center, going down to the fourth-string center, same sort of thing. They were, But, you know, I think the linebacker stuff hurt them a little bit more against Oregon. You know, maybe that's a closer game if they at least have one of those guys back. But they were able to, you know, hold down the fort with their fourth-string center against UCLA. So I don't think that one really hurt all as much. They were able to kind of weather that. Um, but the, yeah, you know, I think the linebacker ones one hurt, but that didn't really happen until later in the season. I thought USC was relatively healthy most of the year. And even when Juju Smith gets hurt, he didn't miss any time. You know, he came, he had surgery and played five days later. So I, yeah, I think USC had some injuries that got a little deeper at certain spots, but for the most part, I mean, they came out of fall camp really healthy, most of the season really healthy and they started getting some, you know, some attrition, but you're going to get that. Uh, and as far as Jim Moore goes, yeah, I think once the USC-UCLA game means something, I kind of thought Rick Newhazel was going to get there and get that, but he didn't get over the recruiting hump. And especially when, you know, the sanctions question
0: before, I thought... No, no, no. Rick Neuheisel did not get over the coaching hump. He the didn't recruiting either. hump was it, was... it was humped. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> the recruiting was fine. The talent was fine. Just not a good coach.
1: But I think Jim Moore has made more inroads with some of the guys that would normally kind of be locks for SC. I think he's made that more of a battle. Um, and certainly on the field, he, you know, he beat USC three times in a row. And I think now it's, it's made it so, hey, this, this year was for the Pac 12 South and maybe it's the same thing next year. And it goes back and forth. I think that's helped the rivalry. I think it's helped, you know, the Pac 12 to have those kind of named teams, you know, be in there. So it'll be interesting to see if Clay Hilton can keep that up and how, you know, however long Jim Morris sticks around, if he's able to keep doing that, it looks like he's got, you know, this toughness instilled in the UCLA football program. And I think it's been good for the rivalry. So yeah, I think coaching wise, I, I like where both teams are right now. I agree with Dave. I wouldn't have gone about hiring Clay Helton the way that they did, but I kind of get the feeling it, you know, what he's going to do will, will work out for USC. Yeah.
0: All right. So that was, uh, that's it for our many questions. Um, obviously if you have any more, we're going to be back next week with a, a recap show. Um, we're probably just doing one next week, right? And then maybe doing, you know, two if needed throughout the remainder of bowl season if we uh, if we've got a lot of games around them.
1: Yeah, I think we'll probably end up doing one a week. Now maybe we'll get a guest or something and talk about Pac-12 some bowl games or something. We'll we'll play around with that. We've had guests before. Um, since the season started, we've just kind of talked to all the scout experts. But you know, maybe we'll get the scout experts to give a little bit longer previews because the bowl games will be a little bit more spread out. We we uh, there's a few things we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. Oh, we actually got a little over an hour. Not too bad. Um, but that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. We are the podcast of champions. Really appreciate you tuning in and we will talk to you next time.